Star Wars, talking about Star Wars. No spoilers! I want to just no get the, I want to get out in front of this if you're listening right now. What's up, Nest? We've got Alex in the live chat already, ready to go. I did see Star Wars last night, but there will be zero spoilers. I was very, I was very worried about being spoiled myself. And I'm sitting in the theater. I went to go see it at Discovery Place right here in Uptown Charlotte, where they have the Dome Theater. So it's like it's you full IMAX. The, the the screen fully surrounds your field of vision. Ooh. It was. That's why you want to see it again. At least one of the reasons. It's really the right. only way to see this movie, folks. <laughs> I mean, I know it's it's one place in Charlotte, North Carolina, but man, it's a planetarium. So it's planetarium. got a it's got a, like a dome screen, but it's so, so you- huge. It it just fully envelops your field of vision. Anyway. But I, I was sitting there, David, and I'm like looking through Twitter, you know, just trying to get some updates on what's going on in basketball. And I'm sitting there going, what are you doing? Like, why are you looking at social media right now? You're just asking to be spoiled. Yeah, you're about to be transported to a galaxy far, far away and you're you're buried in your phone, dog. So you haven't you seen again, it. Let's 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 make no, that no, no. clear. You have not I, seen I it yet, so I don't want to spoil it for you either. Uh, Amber no. Amber here on the chat saying going Saturday 3D IMAX should <laughs> should show some Hornets games on that kind of screen. Yeah. Ooh, I don't know if we want to get that close. No, I wasn't invited to go with you and Steve Bob, um, so I'm not. That's mad right. About Steve Bob went with up. me. Hey, so if you see it again, you're going to see it in that same setting. No, I'm going to go gonna see it go. in a regular. I think you need both yeah. experiences. Yeah, I'm going to go see it in a regular. I try to get it in an IMAX theater, but not in that. That's intense. I mean, that really, you, you got to be ready for that. But here's, can I say one thing, David? It's not spoilery yeah. at all. Promise. Go ahead. This is my one thought. It's There's a lot in that movie. I discussed this movie extensively with a friend of mine after we saw it, and we missed two big things in the movie. We didn't even discuss it. There is a lot in this movie. So here's what I want to do. I want to talk about this movie on Patreon, on our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash LOH, when you see it, David. So when you go see it, you and I will sit down for a discussion on it, and we'll post that on Patreon. And then people, you know, if you signed up with our Patreon uh, membership, then you can just go there and listen whenever you want. Yeah, you can check it out. That's a deal. Um, I may see it today. I will definitely be seeing it next Tuesday night. I didn't invite you or Steve Bob uh, as payback, so we'll talk about (laughs) after that. I'm looking forward to it. Let's start the show. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz we live. We live. We live. This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. I am Doug Branson. I cover the Charlotte Hornets for Fan Rag Sports, and I'm joined from the mean streets of Cotswold by my co-host. He's covering the he's been covering the Charlotte Hornets since they were the Bobcats on AtTheHive.com. The man, the myth, the legend, David Walker. And I'm still here. I'm still here, dude. Yes, that is true. You still exist. Road. You are still with us. <laughs> We've been doing this show for, this is our fifth season now, for those that are just joining the show. We've been doing this for a long time, and this is our third year in Charlotte. We started this show in Nashville, Tennessee. We were spread out, 
but this is our third year here in the beautiful Queen City. We're coming to you live from the Gittimer.com studios in BEA, beautiful uptown Charlotte. Uh, this is going to be a good, this is a fun Friday, by the way. This is a, a tradition on the show. Hashtag fun Friday. We talk a little bit of basketball. I don't want you to get your hopes up. There's going to be a little basketball talk. We, we talk the, the correct amount of basketball that is required per current performance. So, yeah, we'll, I mean, we like to hit on everything. But, hey, Doug, real quick, I see your, your hot chips, uh, the remnants of your hot chip there in your desk, right? Right. When you see someone else do that, because I saw another uh, TV personality do that uh, yesterday, do you? Is there some sort of like brotherhood? Do you feel uh, a closeness to this person, knowing what what they went through, <laughs> knowing the pain that they're about to put in their face? Yeah, yeah, I think you you do. You have a bond. You have a heat yeah. bond uh, that that can't be. It's a little like a a like a Jedi bond with someone mm. uh, that mm. uh, to to continue the Star Wars thing. Han Solo, Chewbacca. Uh, so that's right. Those are <laughs> those are characters. Those are guys. I love that Eric Collins on on Star Wars Night. And uh, did you see uh, David? We didn't even talk about this uh, Star Wars Night there at Spectrum Center a few nights ago, and they had a a Chewbacca there at the game, and he. It, but it but it didn't look. It didn't. It looked like kind of a dollar store Chewbacca. <laughs> like it I'm didn't tall. look like retail. Chewbacca. Did you see like this? Five ten, like five ten, six feet. Just the mask was weird. It was re- really oh, floppy. Man. It wasn't. It just wasn't a tight look. No, I saw some of the droids and the uh, what are those little dudes called? Um, not Ewoks, but uh, Jawas. Oh, Steve Bob's dropping in. This is. Oh, uh, I don't know if he. I don't know if he'd be here or not. Steve Bob. Hell yeah! What's dude. going on? We were both we were both up late thinking about that Star Wars movie. No spoilers. We're not going to talk about we're not going to talk about the movie really at all. J one Ewonga. That's from an old. All right, I have three things I want to get to today. First of all, there were some listener comments about our show yesterday, David, where we talked about some of the problems that we were seeing in the Hornets' offense, not mm-hmm. taking enough three point shots, maybe looking a little bit like the nineteen nineties style of offense when you put it up against the Houston Rockets and Maury Ball and the future of the NBA. We got some comments. Not everyone agreed with my analysis, and that's okay. It's okay if you don't agree with me. Sometimes people disagree with you. But I have to defend my honor. Yeah. So I want to get to some listener comments. And what else? Uh, Mark Price fired from uh, UNC Charlotte. He was the head coach there for the 49ers. He uh, was a shooting coach for the Charlotte Hornets before that. Can got they some, get him back? Can, I got they, some, can they bring yeah, him Yeah, bring Bragg Mark. <laughs> I got some thoughts on that. And then finally, we're going to preview this weekend of Hornets action. Starts tonight against Miami, and then uh, they play tomorrow night against the Portland Trailblazers. So what do you want to start with? Listener comments? You want to get to some listener comments? Let's do it. Okay. Let's do that. So again, not everyone on board with my analysis Including and and I'll just say this: I think it's partly my fault. I don't think oh, I did. Oh, well, that's the, nice of you. I don't think I did the part of the blame of maybe being wrong. <laughs> I no 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 no. Hold on, Wait, hold I didn't on. say that. I did not say that I was wrong. What I said was it might be my fault that people disagreed with me. If I've I'm it's sort of like I'm sorry if I offended someone. Right, right, right. 
Oh, you, you're the th- the problem was I didn't I didn't dumb it down enough for no, you not dumb guys. it down. I didn't explain it enough. <laughs> I should have smartened it up. You know that's my fault. My points were too good. <laughs> uh, I apologize for that. You guys are right. <laughs> okay, I, I'm 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 pumped to hear whatever yeah, this what is going to be. All right, Hornet Sports Spot writes us on that's Twitter. Our that's our guy. By that's a good guy. He's, good been, guy. he's been listening to the show a long time. Says not sure what Doug Branson is talking about when it comes to three point shots. They took 25 and 29 threes. And Wait, home- can I just say, I wish he had just stopped right there. <laughs> I don't know what three-point shots mean. Yeah, just, well, because on the last show, you weren't here for the last show, Steve, but I said that the Hornets offense, when you looked at it versus the Houston Rockets offense, the Hornets are, are struggling to take enough three-point shots right now. Steven Silas has set a goal of 25 three-point attempts. They didn't hit it against the Rockets, 21 three-point attempts, but generally... <sighs> they have been behind the curve in terms of taking three-point shots. And there are a variety of reasons for that. It's not like they're just running out there and going, well, we're not going to take as many three-point shots. There are a couple of things going on that I think the Hornets will have to address if they want to turn things around, get the ship turned around. But more importantly, if they want to compete, if they do get the ship turned around somehow, if they want to compete in the playoffs, they're going to have to be more effective from outside the yeah, don't don't quite have the horses for that for that but, game but, plan yeah but he doesn't I'm, I'm down with 43s a game if they're all taken by Kemba that's cool but yeah so Hornet Sportsbot <laughs> doesn't know what I'm talking about here he says uh, 25 and 29 threes in the home losses 25 in the win versus OKC taking more threes doesn't help if you aren't making them right. so valid for, point valid point first one thing that I did not say yesterday is that not taking threes is the sole and only reason they are where they are this season. And I think, David, you would agree with me on that. You can you can count on your hands the number of times that the Hornets' offense and the Hornets' defense have played well in the same game. There's, there's an overall issue of, of balance. They're getting the defense uh, figured yeah, out, yeah. but the, the offense is lagging behind. Yeah, yeah, you're saying this isn't the only reason they suck right now, is what you're saying. The threes. Yes. That's what you're saying, right? Okay. Yes. Okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. But yesterday I was speaking about the one big thing that I took away from a game they were probably going to lose anyhow. In a thousand universes, they probably lose in nine hundred of those universes. And and that takeaway was the fact that aside from short blips this season, the Hornets offense looks like it belongs in the nineteen nineties. What that game said to me was that Oklahoma City might have been an outlier when they shot over 50% from the arc and they took 25 threes. Because when they were challenged by Houston's defense, they reverted back to relying on the offensive skills of Dwight Howard and Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Both of those players play exclusively inside the arc. In the 90s. <laughs> yeah, People it, love nostalgia, though. So It's hot. And you get, if you're going to yeah. wear those... Don't wear the outfits if you're not going to play the game. He's a big guy, big hairy guy. If I was playing as bad as the Hornets are right now, I would straight up just start dropping those in press conferences. But yeah, we're 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 playing. We're trying to match the jerseys tonight. I don't know. What do you want me to tell you guys? We suck. Hey Doug, if I could jump in real quick because I saw this tweet. Um, you know, I may have favorited it, retweeted, sent him a DM, <laughs> high five. But uh. I know what you're. I know what he's saying because I, that's a point that I kind of made when when you said this. Like it doesn't really matter if they take all these threes if they're only hitting two or three a game. Like who cares? Uh, the problem is they can't hit. But I know what you're saying. Like it's it's kind of 
the effect of, of a larger issue or can be rolled up into mm-hmm. some of the other issues mm-hmm. they have. I think both points are valid. Um, and if you just take that as a, you know, if you take what you said by yourself, you, you, you could come away with that point. You, can, you I have to, so many. can I jump in though? With Please. One, with one thing, because you guys are both right. And the, and the reason that it can't, nothing can happen out of it. That gives you the real problem is that we don't right. have the team for that. And that's where you start looking at, like, we can't even play modern basketball with these guys. It doesn't help to shoot, you know, with the with the guys we have. Like, how many of those guys do you want shooting, you know, above 30 three-pointers? Not not that many. And, and if you're not going to get those open shots. So that's a thing going forward uh, that I think is definitely something that you got to address. Well, listen, I think they were top 10 in uh, three-point attempts last season, and they were still playing, you know, that starting unit with uh, two players that are exclusively interior players and Cody Zeller and Michael Kidd-Gilchrist. Like, it's not, it's not impossible to get good shots for Kimba, Nick, and Marvin or Kimba, Lamb, and Marvin. Like, it, but you've got guys that are slumping right now and, and I'm going to get to that in a second, too. You you have to take it. He says taking more threes doesn't help if you aren't make, making them, but you have to take them I mean, to you make have to them. Take them. Yeah. We've but seen I, it over I, the course of the past five or six years. Teams that make that take more threes and less tough twos are more efficient. The Hornets are 24th in the NBA in three-point attempts. They are also not making them. Some of it is performance. Lamb is slumping right now. Batum is slumping. Some of it is systemic. Too many times the ball is entering the paint, finding the paint, but staying there or or getting turned over. And and it's happening possession after possession and they're not they're not getting enough ball movement to get those open threes. Again, this isn't the Hornets strategy we've seen in years past. The Hornets were top 10 in three-point frequency for the past two seasons. This is a change that's happened this season. And But they th- still didn't make a bunch, right? I mean, they still didn't average a high conversion rate. For the layperson, they didn't make a lot of shots, right? What's the of those thing? threes. What's the Third, all of this, I think you're right, David. Third, all of this would be different if the Hornets were playing. This is, And, and I want to bring up a, somebody on the chat right now, quote saying, we aren't going to be the Warriors or Rockets at the three-point game. Our 90s-style ball is different and maybe our edge. Okay, let me address this. I can I can see that line of thought that the Hornets are not building their team like the Warriors or the Rockets, and not a lot of teams have that kind of talent on their roster, right? So you think, well, maybe there's more than one way to skin this cat. Maybe there's more than one way to win. Maybe you can get, build a grit and grind type team and and challenge in the playoffs. Not necessarily the NBA Finals, but you could challenge in the playoffs. Okay, I I see your point, but but this would be different. If the Hornets were playing better at the rim, they are not. The Hornets are 29th percent in field goal percentage at the rim, according to Cleaning the Glass. This would be different if they were playing great from mid-range. They are not. They are fifth in attempts from 15 to 19 feet, so they're taking a lot of mid-range shots. They are dead last, dead last in field goal percentage from that range at 34%. If they were great from the paint and great from mid-range, then I would sit here and say, you know what? There is more than one way to win. The, the Hornets are trying something different, but they are fourth in two-point frequency. They are 27th in two-point field goal percentage. Yeah, they're not good on, on, on offense. I mean, isn't that what this boils down to? I mean, they're not – it's not like they're stuck in the 90s. I think that's a, a little bit of a misnomer, don't you, Doug? Because, I mean, they are trying to space you out. They're all trying to play four out, one in with Dwight. I mean, it's not like an archaic brand of basketball. They just can't – they just can't convert offensively. 
Um, no matter where you look, that's why they try to. Well, get they're not the free playing four. Outs. I mean, they're not playing four out with Dwight. They're playing three out, two in with with MKG as the well, sort of yeah, MKG so serves large, as sort of the release valve well, for when Dwight right, Howard post ups go wrong. Dwight can kick. That's, it. They've been that's they've been shading like too. MKG over to Dwight so that Dwight can kick it out for a mid range shot. Right, but they're still trying to space you out. I mean, that's the larger problem too. You got two starters who who, who cannot shoot threes. Like MKG is a wing guy. That's the big problem in this modern NBA. As a wing guy, cannot shoot a three. I mean, so that goes back to the construction of this team. And then you've got a point guard who backs up Kemba, who can't shoot a three, who should never shoot a three, and Michael Carter-Williams. So, yeah, it's just a lot of issues right now. So that's why you need Frank. You need Marvin. You need Batum. You need Lamp. You need all these guys that are able to shoot threes to hit them, and they're not. Got a new nickname for MCW, the Stormtrooper, because – because what's the thing about stormtroopers, David? So they, they can't shoot. They can't shoot. That no, is you, the thing that I, ju- that I just thought of that. You thought of it right now. Off the you top of my head. That. I can't believe no one's thought of that yet, but uh, that was me. So That's a great original thought. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yep. Dave yep. on Twitter thinks the problem is giving up wide open threes. If Charlotte defended some threes and shot a decent field goal percentage, kept turnovers low, et cetera, they'd win more. Uh, Dave, thanks for tweeting us. Uh, Listen, they're doing all that. They're keeping the turnovers low. The Hornets have had games where they were blitzed from three, but generally they are a lot better at guarding the three-point line than they were last season. It's one area that I can solidly point to as a place of improvement from last season. They're fifth overall, according to Cleaning the Glass, in terms of three-point field goal percentage allowed, top five. It's part of why they have a top ten defense right now. That may have slipped a little. I haven't checked the latest since after Houston, but – they should be around 10 11 in defense and part of that has been they've been more they've been able to be more aggressive on three point shooters so they're doing all that um but it's defensive consistency there have been just games where they should be able to defend the three point line and they don't and they don't get back into transition and and sort of these principles and maybe part of that is linked to the offensive frustration we've seen that at times with this team where missed shots missed opportunities uh, missed calls end up affecting their their ability to get back on defense, and then when they do get back, playing effective in the half court. Uh, finally, Andrew tweets in, can you talk about Dwayne Bacon as a possible point forward and on TJ Williams as a backup point guard? Uh, thanks again, Andrew, for tweeting us. You can tweet us your questions at LockedOnHornets and uh, email us questions, uh, buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. Uh, Dwayne Bacon has his hands full learning the nuances of NBA defense right now and dealing with his shot. Uh, David, which has really gotten away from him. So I think point forward, that's a long, that's a long way away in terms of him being able to initiate offense. Yeah, for sure. I, I would, I would try anything at point guard right now, um, but that's probably down the list. I mean, um, TJ Williams and Marcus Page, anyone who knows how to play point guard, I would give them run right now. To be honest with you, because it is so bad at the backup point guard position, running that second unit. With MCW, it's just a huge struggle. But, yeah, I mean, Bacon's got his hands full. You're right. Um, Bacon's a scorer, right? I mean, he is a scorer rather than a shooter. Um, So, like, when he gets going, he's more of a volume guy. um, And there's just not room for him to do that right now on this team. I mean, he had some success early on hitting some shots in spots. But he's out there to play defense and and, and hit a shot here or there. But, I mean, we've talked about it. Travion Graham is giving more than, than, uh, than Bacon is right now. So, yeah, not the point guard. We we could spend weeks talking about this point guard situation. It, it's really it's painful to watch, guys. I don't know how you feel about it, but um, it's 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 becoming to watch the rest of the season with the point guard situation is going to be a a chore. 
are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. Kemba is out. LeBron got kicked out. Wade is old. Pop is a genius. Don't give up on social media, Doug. You just got to be social. Oh, that's real nice. Get more Hornets analysis on LockedOnHornets.com. More from the chat. You can chat with us live uh, most mornings at 8 o'clock a.m. on YouTube.com forward slash Locked on Hornets. Here from Amber again. Should Lamb start again? Batum's elbow is a big problem, don't you think? According to Batum, uh, that elbow uh, was bothering him a lot. But at the same time, he's not on the, the injury report for this game against Miami. Not listed at all. Uh, he was doubtful. Uh, for their last game against the Rockets and then upgraded uh, that day to probable and then ended up starting, not playing very well. But David, uh, this has been a, a continuing problem for the Hornets, this this elbow issue for Nick Batum. Uh, can he get back to 100%? Can he get back to the player? I mean, they would take the player that he was last season. And, oh, and yeah. a lot of people wanted Batum to improve from last season. Man, Batum's taking a lot of heat right now. And I don't know if it's going to get a lot better because he's clearly ailing, guys. Um, he, he's not effective, so I don't know what you do. But you mentioned it this this week, Doug. If he's hurt but not injured, if he's just going to be hurt and playing through pain, I mean, what do you do? It's you a tough need, situation because if yeah. he's healthy and he wants to play and you've paid him all of this money, what do you and say? You need, you need guys to play. <laughs> if he's healthy, yeah, if he's healthy enough. But, but I, I see Amber's point. Because Jeremy Lamb has been more effective. This is undeniable that Lamb has been more effective in the starting unit than he has been in the uh, uh, on the bench. But may- some of that might be on Lamb. Some of that might be on the fact that Lamb has been one of the more consistent offensive players. And when you put him on a second unit that has struggled to create offense, suddenly, uh, the, you know, defenses can target him. I don't know, Steve. Thoughts? Yeah, I would do it. I would do it. I would. I, like I would it. try it. I, like I mean, it. you're right. I think those are good points, Lamb, uh, in the starting line. I've, I said that before. Batum doesn't look right to me. Whether or not he thinks, I mean, if he's saying no. it's sore mm-hmm. too, that's something else. But like, look, I'll come in here. You know, you'll go into your job and start working on a day you don't feel good. So somebody's got to be like, look, dude, you just got to go home, get right, you come look back. Horrible. Yeah, you're playing. Yeah, you look. Like bad, you look cr- like crap, dude. You are an ugly person right now. <laughs> Get out of my face. No, well, but I, that, I, you don't look well. I, the, especially with athletes, though, right? And guys like he, you know, he he wants to play. He wants to contribute. He's that's a lot of pressure on somebody, especially on somebody like Nick Batum, who got criticism for being a max guy from around the league. You know, he. I'm sure he wants to get out there and like be a leader on the team. But it's like, buddy, just the coaching staff's got to just. This is one of my biggest problems with these guys is that they're not willing. It seems like they're very stubborn to try new things or just like or recognize when something's not working. It's like, hey, this is how we play. And if Nick Batum is not dead, then he's in the lineup. It's like, all right, we'll just like Lamb's playing better. Put him in. All right. uh, Yeah, you guys real quick, Doug, you want to hear some of these differences uh, between starter reserve uh, Lamb real quick? Yes. Three point percentage. Three point percentage. Forty one percent as a starter. Mm hmm. 23 as a reserve, so a bit of a difference there, a bit of a swing. Uh, 16 points as a starter, only 13 as a reserve. So, I mean, there's a huge dip. If you're into plus minus, I know you guys are. He's a plus five as a starter, minus 10 as a reserve. So, 
I don't know that you shift everything around the play of Jeremy Lamb, but they are searching for answers. That's got to be that's got to be tossed into the mix. You got to look at the few things, the things that are working when everything's going bad. Look at the few things that are working, I think, though. And you're like, if you're you're like, what can we what are some positives we can take away? And you're like, Trey Baron Graham plays well when he gets a little bit more time. Like, that's a guy you can develop. Jeremy Lamb is a guy who is possibly still developing, you know, so. That that's well, well. Here's the thing: a 100% healthy Batum and a confident Batum is a yeah. better player than Jeremy Lamb. Yeah, no one's questioning yes. that. Okay, so I think people are though. I mean, I no, think I think, yeah, I think people legitimately are. people are, and, yeah. and I think we we have to we we should put that to bed. Like you want your. But that's best, not what you're. you're uh, that's not what Amber was saying, right? N- no. I don't think so. No, she was no, saying because. Right. Or, but there are people that yes, but there are people out there that would say that that want to walk away from Nick Batum, and the fact is, if the Hornets want to be successful with this current roster, they need Nick Batum to a be healthy, b be confident, and c be shooting. A B C. I mean, yeah, there's Ooh. people out there who I like that. I like that. Uh, there's people out there who want to see <laughs> Thank like you. Thank you. I'm done, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, that's a good show. All nice. Right. Sorry. Me and David show. No, <laughs> there's people out there who like want to see Kobe play over Batum right now. You know, like that people. There's a lot of crazy people. There are people everywhere. Dude, True. there are, literally are. I just everywhere I've been. That? Have you guys noticed that? Uh, another question from the chat here the, from Daniel. The Dunked On podcast suggested a hypothetical trade of Kimball Walker to the Knicks for Frank Nilakina and a first rounder. Uh, guys. Just make noises for the rest no, of the No, because look, <laughs> but, this is going to be, this is always one of those things that people are like, you don't believe in Kemba, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking around. I'm looking around for trades right now because I love Kemba and I, I just don't see. They're wasting his prime, and if you look, we our team, our age distribution on the team, I, I have no evidence to back this up, obviously, but it's good I would, start. yeah, I would say, but like around the league, like we have the most guys, we have the most age range of guys. We got like mm. two guys that are eighteen, and we got like two guys that are thirty five, and everything in between. And if you look at teams like the team, like the Pacers, they're. Not built around a young core. They're all the same age, basically. Mm-hmm. They're all guys are all going to grow together, and I like what we we have Monk and Bacon, and those guys are close together. And I think and they, that's on purpose. I, I think that that the Hornets set out to build a team that had veteran leadership plus young talent. Right, but I think the way it's set up right now, though, is that you're just going to be kind of blasé for ten years. You're going to be like, well, then when these guys fall off, then our next two guys are going to be a little bit better, and incrementally like that. And all all I would say is that it would be nice to. By the time Kemba's like thirty five, and because he's his game, like he's not a big dude. Obviously, it's like how's his game going to age? We don't know. That's the concerning part. Well, I, so I just I hate know. to see so, him. Like we, yeah. we, we, you need superstars to win. We have one star. Got it. And I can't see a way to get other guys around him right now. That's the only thing I'm looking at. So I, I'm open to the idea of like, yeah, trading Kemba if you can get some really good picks. So on this on this trade, I don't um, I don't think that either team would be interested in that. It's a good like hypothetical, cool like podcast trade, but I don't think either team would be interested in doing that. Dude, I don't, the Knicks might do that trade. I don't know though because the Knicks are dumb. Do, I mean, they do well. They're they're less dumb now. They though, hate. Right? They are less dumb. Now. They hate draft picks though. <laughs> they're like, That's, yeah, do you just want one? We got more. I think more in the back. Check in the back. Are you sure, man? <laughs> hey, check if we got another pick for it. <laughs> that would be my pause as well, Doug, because I think even though Porzingis probably definitely wants to win now, um, they kind of want to see what they have in Nick. 
and Neil, Neil Akina, I'm sorry, and keep that draft pick for right now. So maybe a little early. I mean, it makes sense on some level, but I think they want to definitely see what they have in that young guy. Keep him because you're going to have to pay Kemba here coming up too. Very quickly because we have to preview these two games coming up. I just wanted to uh, hit on this for just a second. Former Hornets assistant coach Mark Price is out as head coach of the UNC Charlotte 49ers. Nine games into the third of the five seasons that he had signed on for, he was 30 and 42 in that span. I have a thought and a question on this. Which would you like first, thought or question? Oh, my God. I want them both. I want them both so bad. Just pick one for the sake of moving the second one. Give me the thought. All right, the thought is this. This happened very suddenly. If you're not from a Charlotte or you're not paying attention to other Charlotte sports, like this happened very suddenly, and it shocked a lot of fans of the 49ers. No one expected this. Fans did not expect this. Mark Price did not expect to be fired. Uh, Players are now leaving the program because of this firing. The program was underperforming expectations, and so the AD made a decision. Again, nine games into the season, it was sudden, and just like that, they've got a new direction. When programs underperform like this, it always feels sudden. No matter when these firings happen, it always feels sudden, and as the Hornets continue to underperform, I keep getting asked questions like, should they tank? Should someone get fired? Should someone be traded, like the Kimba deal? If it happens, if anything happens, you can be guaranteed of one thing. Because I don't know what's going to happen. We're in uncharted territory right now as a franchise. Get that Sharpie away from me, man. We're, we're an un... We're an un <laughs> I'm, I'm getting, waving the I'm Sharpie. Get, I'm getting excited. Like, what is that? I'm getting excited. Right. Um, they are... We're in uncharted territory in terms of being a franchise because they're, they're expected to be good and they're not good. And when that happens, these changes will be guaranteed to be sudden. So that's my thought. Just hold on to your. What, what's the question? You said yeah, you had a thought the question. The question is: Should the Hornets bring back Mark Price as shooting coach? Yeah, why not? Sure. Oh, yes. I'm going to say sure, why not? Sure to every question about the Hornets now because it's just like yeah, I'd love to see anything different. Uh, but I did love Mark Price here, and uh, I think M- one, another thing that's cool is uh, MKG seems. I don't, what are the stats on MKG shot this year? He's he's sinking some twos. I like it. Get him back with Mark. Slight, it's it's slightly. Uh, that's a great question because people have have been wanting to know where he is offensively. Again, exclusively. Slightly. It's mid range shots, transition shots. The transition buckets are really what's. Um, that's always been what's his buttressing mother. his offensive efficiency. His mid range shot is is slightly better than it was last season, but it's not efficient enough. It's not again. If you're just going to shoot mid range shots. You have to be DeMar DeRozan level efficient at, at that right. to to be the same player that shoots just a couple of three-pointers a game and makes one out of three. Well, the thing I've noticed is that they, they, they people always just leave him open to shoot those shots. And this year, he doesn't seem to hesitate with it. Whether or not he's making yeah. them, it's like his confidence seems up. And that's something that I guess, at least that's something, you know, I, I always say that with Frank, like he's very hesitant to shoot an open jumper sometimes. Yeah, his, his field goal percentage, uh, Steve, to answer your question, is the best of his career. If you take out that seven-game season, which which I'm going to take it out. Let's yeah, take, take it out. That out. Uh, he's shooting over 50%, right, at 51. So uh, no threes in the mix there. So, yeah, it, it's, he definitely looks like a different player. I want to think he's completely healthy now because he's looked better on defense as well. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they have to start 
honoring that shot because like Doug said, it's really not making a difference. Like no one cares that he's shooting now. Maybe right. a few more, a few more weeks of him making them will, will, will make people get out. But I like how he's finishing too. I mean, he's, he's really, he's having a good and, season. Well, the yeah, big, he's having a good season. So lately he's been playing very well, like the last four or five games offensively. And it's because there have been some changes in his offense. I said for most of the season, it's been exclusively transition looks or mid range shots that, guys like Dwight Howard or Kimball Walker off the drive are setting up for him. But what he's been doing, what he's changed lately, is that he's driving to the rim more, he's getting fouled more, getting to the free throw line, those are efficient looks, and he's assisting more. He's moving the basketball. He's finding open shooters. Because he's a, he's really good at driving the basketball. He's quicker, he's athletic, uh, He's he has an ability to just get by people. He moves through the lane like a running back. Like He's yeah. got that rip-through yeah. move. He has the, it's one of the most like stubborn, obvious moves in the league right now where he just drives a thousand percent right. And then, but like nobody can stop it. I don't know why. He, he, he goes all the way across the lane, like kind of rips through with that elbow and throws up a hook. But that's that's a really steps. effective. Yeah, huge steps. Covers a lot of yeah. ground. Uh he's fun to watch like it when he's slashing like that. All right, we got to preview these games coming up uh tonight and tomorrow. The Hornets have a back-to-back starting with Miami. Tomorrow they take on the Trailblazers. The Heat are hurting right now. No Whiteside, no Justice Winslow, no Magruder, no Akaro White. Magruder. So the Heat will run out uh, Goran Dragic, Dion Waiters, James Johnson, uh, Josh Richardson, and Kelly Olenek. So the Hornets will have a little bit of an advantage maybe inside with Dwight Howard versus Kelly Olenek if if they can make sure to cover Olenek from beyond the arc. But uh, this has got to be about Josh Richardson, I think, and stopping both Richardson and Dragic from beyond the three-point line because when those two are shooting well, and they did so in that first matchup against the Hornets, uh, this Heat team is tough to stop. Agree. <laughs> no, I mean, sorry, when, no, you start, yeah, yeah. when you start a game analysis by saying, this one's all about Josh Richardson. <laughs> I mean, it was. He scored 27 in the last matchup, 11 of 14 from the field. And look, he, hey, domi- I, he dominated. I, I, I can't, and for I, the big run that Miami had in that first game, he was the catalyst. I know. I'm just is saying, because, like, is okay. Is Batum threw the ball at his junk? Is that – he did not Batum throw the ball right in his midsection on the out-of-bounds? Wasn't that Richardson? He you did. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. Threw it right at his – right at his Richardson's. Right at his <laughs> – Richardson makers. Uh, oh, boy. Well – Deion Waiters is always another guy I highlight. Maybe not the most efficient guy, but always seems to hit a clutch three to basically knock out the Hornets or whatever team he's playing. Um, but yeah, I mean, dude, they've they've got to win this game. Uh, this is this is getting borderline ridiculous at this point. They should have won that game in Miami. This is a game without Whiteside. Uh, Winslow, did you say Winslow's out too? Winslow is out. Hey, real quick on Winslow, you look at him to veer off this game preview. You I was about him, to jump in on Winslow, please. And and you look at him and obviously he was there and and the Hornets selected Frank, but can you imagine if they had added Winslow to a, a, a team with, with MKG? I mean, that would have been just another kind of odd piece. And I don't, I'm I, not sure that what we've seen now would have worked. I lost my mind on that draft night and I didn't want the, <laughs> I didn't want the Celtics trade really either. At the time I was you like, yeah, because I was just like the value. And I mm-hmm. think, it's the craziest part of it to me though. Cause you're absolutely right. And that was the only thing I was able to talk myself out of it at the time was I was like, well, we already have an MKG. 
And the, the crazy thing to me is that this guy is still, I know he's had some injuries and yeah. stuff, but I, I, I mean, I put up a post or something that was like, if, you know, if Frank Kaminsky is a better player than Justice Winslow in five years, I'll eat these Frank Kaminsky socks or something like that. And people, you know what? People flagged it and they're coming for me in five <laughs> years. They got socks. And I was, <laughs> and I'm still, I will still be kind of surprised by that, but it is, it is surprising by me that me that they're like, basically, I don't know, the same guy right now. Like not the same player. I don't player. think they know what he is, right? Yeah. It's just like, he, he, people were saying he was like the second or third best player in that draft I, and you just never know and you think riley's always got a good eye for stuff like that or like i mean that how much does, did danny yeah. ainge want him danny ainge knows these guys he nails he nails draft picks so i don't know draft picks are hard you guys real quickly to the trailblazers game the trailblazers got off to a great start but they are losers of four of their last five the losers. only win coming against orlando on wednesday they play again tonight in orlando then they travel to Charlotte on Saturday. It will be the fourth game of a five-game road trip, so the Hornets could get a confident but a road-weary Blazers team. Again, the defense was good, but Nurkic has been injured, and Nurkic is a big part of, of what they try to do defensively. He takes some pressure defensively off of guys, um, off of that front line that they have in C.J. McCollum and uh, Damian Lillard, and, and offensively, the, the Blazers are the Blazers. I mean, offensively, it's still about those two guys up front. Yeah, absolutely. And the Lillard-McCollum um, combo is what I keep screaming for in this fantasy land of, of starting Monk and Kimba together. I think, like, best-case scenario, that's kind of what you'd want to see or maybe what they envision. It's not going to happen. I get that. Um, I've, I've, I'm not giving up on it, but those two guys make it tough on opposing backcourts. And we've seen what happens when the Charlotte Hornets – the reserves especially have to stack up against really good backcourts on the other end. Um, so that's that's a concern in this game. If you're looking for a game that uh, could possibly get Nick Batum on track, look at this one. Batum was very good against the Blazers last season. Nick Batum averaged 17.5 points. He was 44% from the field, 45.5% from beyond the arc, 7.5 rebounds and 6.5 assists. And the Hornets split the two-game series last season. So, uh, again, a home-and-home home for – not a home-and-home, home, a, a home back-to-back, back, essentially. Yeah, yeah. And then Portland is going to be on a traveling back-to-back. What's a home-and-home? Home? Well, home-and-home home home. is when you, like, play – Opponents. Yeah, the same opponent. You play them once at like your house and Steve. once at their house. Yeah, Steve, that would be like if you and I were playing one-on-one and you came over today to my house yes. and then tomorrow we went to your house. Let's do it, That's man. Sounds good. So, David, the there. difference right, between – I was trying to stall so I could look this up. The difference between <laughs> playing Kemba and Monk together and Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum is that McCollum right now, according to Synergy Stats – uh, is holding opponents to 0.892 points per possession. Yeah, I know. He's good. Yeah, That's he's really 50, good. 57 That's percentile. <laughs> yeah, the main difference is that C.J. McCollum can play defense. Hey, I, hey, how about another guy, though? I like to look back at draft. <laughs> how about someone else who could play? How about your boy Zach Collins, Doug? Got his first start the other night, but so far a bit of a struggle for the big man uh, from Gonzaga, uh, averaging about nine minutes per uh, yeah. and about two points per. Rookies. Yeah. Wait, so, uh, yeah. I got something on this. Uh, so before I uh, moved back to Charlotte, I was in New York. <laughs> draft. A uh, d- day after the draft, I go to the NBA store. I'm like, let me just check this NBA store. Zach Collins walks out. I go, Zach. And he's like, turns around. He's like, yes, somebody knows me. It is I. And I go, uh, <clears throat> Uh, That's all you had, Zach. No, yeah. In my you head, wasted, I was, You wasted the one thing that you had. Well, no, I was like, hey, man. Uh, 
you know, congrats on getting drafted. I dropped that. I was like, yeah, I'm a, you know, I write for SB Nation. I was like trying to sound like. Humble I, brag. No, I was trying to sound like I wasn't just some what, creep that didn't have anything to t- say to him. Mm-hmm. And I go, uh, hey, but you know, uh, you know, I said, I'm a Hornets fan. I was really hoping we'd get you last night again. Like I don't know if I cared about that. Really? Did you? Did you say I hope we got you? And then you like gave him a little tickle. I tickled him. <laughs> I tickled him. <laughs> hey Zach, tickle, tickle, tickle. Oh, we almost got you. And uh, he hated it. No. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> and he was like, "Oh, cool, man." <laughs> and then I go. <clears throat> <clears throat> and then I was like, "Can I get?" It was just awkward. So I was like, uh, "Can I? Can I get a pick?" And then uh, we did one. But the thing is, uh, he's so tall. He's like two of me. Very tall. He was Seven a, feet tall. And oh, I did. I do have an actual thing that is of value because that story wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I think it's always fun when you when you approach someone that has some modicum of fame. And and you 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 spill your soul to them about whatever you feel about them, and then they're like because because they are human beings, mm. they're just normal, they're just flesh, mm. they're just bones, they're just blood. That's what I told guts. him. I said, look, man, it, you're just blood and flesh, right? And so he he of course responds to that with, okay, yeah, he's like, cool, <laughs> that sounds cool. like one of my interactions, Steve. We approach people in much the same way. I think I figured out Zach Collins' problem, though, guys. Here on Basketball Reference, one of the, my favorite things is the nicknames they have listed for people. Mm-hmm. Take a guess at what Zach Collins' nickname is. Uh, the Big Cricket. Doug. <laughs> Doug. <laughs> yeah, I can't. A really good. How am I supposed to compete with the Big Cricket? <laughs> Does make sense. Um, Listen, check, check out what they have as a nickname. Dude, Basketball Zero. Reference uh, nicknames are completely like, made up, though. It's great. They, I know, but listen, I, at first, I was... Yeah, give it to did, it. Did you hear it? Zebo. I mean, that's, that's sacrilege. That's, that's not, not. It's not his nickname. No, we got to work. Well, on hang it. on though. He's playing in Portland. It's not like no one, no one in Portland's ever had that nickname. Zico. Why <laughs> don't it just be Zico? Yeah, Zico. That because that sounds like some sort of drug that yeah. is just gonna kill you. Zico. Do not take Zico if you have any sort of problems. Zico. It will kill you. Zico. Are you gonna try and uh, give him a shout out on Saturday? I'm Steve, gonna be like Zico. Zach, Zach, what's up, man? What's been going on since I last saw you? Um, if you're a Zach in the NBA, you got to change your name to Zaza from now on. That's how it goes. <laughs> Zaza Collins. All right, that'll do it for this edition of Locked On Hornets so on well. a fun Friday. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening and watching us on YouTube or on Twitter. Now we're trying to show this live on Twitter too. So if you're out there, give Weird. us a shout out at Locked On Hornets. And uh, oh, we David, you forgot to you forgot to. Help Doug, I'm gonna remind you, Doug. Doug, I remind you. Uh, look at the Instagram page. Oh, thank you. Yeah, good. For, oh, the Instagram's like, been. We only have like one minute left. But the yeah. Instagram's been really hot lately, David. Good, great job. <laughs> Thanks, bro. These Super young hot. picks. Look at this pick of Batum, real quick. I love, I love like young Batum. That's fantastic. Got drafted by the Rockets. That's a little known fact. With uh, uh, David Stern, that's fine. But behind him, yeah, the Bobcats, yes. Alexis Agensa. <laughs> Alexis Agensa. Who's still knocking around the league somewhere. I think he's with the Pellies. Amazing. Yep. Oh, he hey, is. wait. I just thought I'd realize it. Do you think Zaza's short for Zach Zach? It could be. No, Zaza's short for Zebo. Zebo Zebo. Um, yeah, man. Great, great job on the gram. Love the LJ pick, The Last Jedi. Um, good stuff. All right, follow us on Instagram at LockedOnHornets. Shoot us your Hornets questions and thoughts to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. We're back again next week with much more analysis of your Charlotte Hornets. For David and Steve, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. 
Go America. Beat the heat. Let's swarm sharp. Sharp.